This episode of Inside the Goblin Universe brought to you by Goblin Media. We bring the rabbit hole to you. My name's John Downs. I'm the founder of the Center for Fortune Zoology, and you're listening to Inside the Goblin Universe. Hello again, folks, and welcome to another edition of Inside the Goblin Universe. I am Ronald Murphy. I'm Brian Bowden. And uh, it's uh, Brian. This is a, a great pleasure for me tonight to have our two guests on, because not only are they um, leaders in the world of the paranormal and, and they're great investigators, but I also can call them very dear friends, uh, Miss Patricia Coleman and Audrey Hamilton, who have been great influences on who I am as a researcher and an author, are both with us tonight together inside the Goblin Universe. I'm looking. To, I'm looking forward to this. I, I've, I'm actually very excited. We're getting back into the paranormal side of things. <laughs> it is. That's right. And, and and the other interesting thing about this is that uh, is that Patricia is having a, is, is making a movie right now. It's actually in in post production. Uh, a paranormal life, and it's uh, been about uh, Patricia. Has it been about three or four years in the making? Correct. Three years. Three years. And I'm actually not in post production. I have another month of shoots, and then I'm going to be in post production. Oh, oh my <laughs> goodness! Yeah. So this has been kind of uh, a Herculean task, hasn't it? I mean. This is you are not basing this in one state either. You're going all over the place with this. Oh yeah! In fact, we leave tomorrow morning at eight o'clock in the morning to do a very long multi-state trip to. Uh, well, we're going to be going to Savannah, Georgia. Then we're going to be going to Boca Raton, Florida, to work with Rob Demers from Ghost Hunters International. Yep. And then we're going to be stopping in New Orleans, and then we're off to Texas to work with Lyle Blackburn and Nick Redfern. Oh my God! That's an all-star cast right there. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so before we go further into this into this crazy movie that you're making, into this crazy life of yours, what got you started? What was the turning point that made you decide, hey, you know what? There's a lot of things going on that we really need to document this. What got me started in the paranormal? Yeah. Well, I think I've already explained to you, Ron, I've always, my life's been paranormal my entire life. Um, well, you, you have explained it to me, but I never told the, the radio audience. Yes. All right. Well, <laughs> I've always been able okay. Well, I've always been able to um, experience things other people didn't. Um, I see ghosts. I've, I've seen just about everything pretty much. At this point, actually, since making the movie, I've seen a lot more. Um, prior to that, I've just, I've just always seen, I've seen ghosts and I can hear them and I can talk to them and... And the reason I got into documenting it was to prove to other people I saw it. Yep. It was kind of before all the TV shows came out, like when I got my first cameras and stuff, you know, before Ghost Hunters and all that. And right. Of course, nobody believed me, you know, when I told them I saw stuff. So when the digital cameras and all, you know, all the VHS cameras and the, you know, the, the Sony Hi8s and stuff came out, I bought them and recorded stuff and, and showed people and said, well, this is what I experienced. And, and people started changing their opinion. I was called less crazy then. Uh, <laughs> And then when and I, you know, I, I still kept it in the dark. I stayed in the closet for a really long time because, you know, you got brandished a freak and a witch and everything else. And, you know, the strange girl on the bus that no one wants to go near. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. As far as the film, I actually was really involved in paraanthropology and was going to do a movie about legends, you know, and, and the whole the whole psychology of it and, the, you know, the paranormal aspects of it. And actually was guided to do this movie from spirits. Oh, so the, the spirits cool. actually told you, said you should you should document this and, and show the world? Um, Kind of, kind of, you know, I mean, a lot of times it's her imagery, um, even the name kind of came to me an imagery from one of them. Um, I, you know, life is paranormal. 
I don't care what anyone else thinks. Even if they don't see or hear it, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen around <laughs> That's what this radio show is all about, Patricia. You know, when we talk about the Goblin Universe, you know, the Goblin Universe, you know, is all around us. And it's it's whether you're willing to take a look at it. You know, if you open your eyes, if you or decide to go through life with blinders on, it's all a matter of choice, isn't it? And you and Audrey simply have refused to keep the blinders on. You've kind of taken the blindfold off. I've and, never and, had blinders, Ron. I've never right. had them. Yes, yes. I've always been born this way. You know what I mean? I've always been born with, you know, blinder free, you know? That's right. But I guess you're lifting the blinders off of everybody else, right? With this movie, yeah. What, yeah, what you're going to do is basically, and, and you, it, this isn't a movie specifically about you. I mean, you are the person in which it revolves around, but you're bringing in a lot of different people into this, aren't you? Well, yeah, because I'm not the only one that lives a paranormal life. And it's That's not just people like me who can see and hear it's it's everybody it's you know people like you guys that have a radio podcast it's been a lot of time in this in this field you know that research that write books um you know how about the people that go and do all this for nothing i mean there's people that go and spend money every weekend to go explore i mean so there's a lot of people that live a paranormal life and it's you're right it's not just about me it's about everybody that lives this life because a lot of people are naive and they really think that this stuff is just the movies and stuff. They don't realize there's a whole bunch of us out there that do this, you know? Yeah, you know, as, a, as an investigator myself or with the Bronxville Paranormal Society, we go out and we, we do our best to, to get research for our own, you know, needs. We want to understand this, but we're really trying to help people out and we do spend money, uh, money that we don't necessarily have. And, you know, oh, I know. So it's, it's an expensive thing, but when you get that proof, when you're sitting there reviewing evidence and you get an EVP and it's as clear as the day, you know, it, 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 it blows the doors off everybody. But I've been privy to see some of the evidence that you've already acquired there, Patricia, and it's not really – it doesn't seem coincidental that you're getting this stuff. It seems almost as if this was meant to be. I've, see, I've heard the EVPs that you have you know, you've let me listen to in private, and you showed me some pictures that you let me see uh, without anybody else taking a look at them first. And it seems as if everything is kind of meant to be. It's almost there's a revelation going they on let document them they really, right, right, right. They really let me document them um it, and it really has a lot to do with how i treat ghosts and how i treat things because i don't treat it like it's bad I, I treat it like it is you know what i mean in other words i'm not asking it to perform for me like a monkey I, you know i'm not sitting there can you turn on the flashlight okay can you turn it off because that's what they want to do in the afterlife is turn on and turn off flashlights you know um <laughs> There's better ways to do it. There's just better ways to get evidence, and there's better ways to do it. And, Ron, the reason why I do is because I do it a different way. I'm not going around like these people creeping around in the dark and putting up equipment and with my silver cases looking like the FBI and doing all that stuff. We go in, and we talk to each other, and we talk about the place, and we 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 talk to the other investigators like when we were at Livermore you know what i mean look at livermore ron look how much we experienced at livermore right well that's what really was the 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 pivotal point that made me want to write a book because up to that time i had not written anything paranormal related at all and it was you know it, it almost like there was a paranormal wi-fi hotspot hooked up at that point and i think it had something to do with you being there it had something to do with audrey being there but whatever the case was that all the forces in in in, in, in nature kind of aligned and things happened and i'm not talking about little things happened i'm talking about things that kind of blew you away happened. I've been on a lot of investigations, but never one like this. And I think it's so much of it had to do with you because you were the lightning rod to which all this stuff was being attracted. 
Yeah, I'm kind of a ghost magnet. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, what's not only ghosts, though, right? I mean, we were getting, uh, you know, fairy activity. Everything. You know, we found clothes in the wood. Remember the clothes when we, we heard that werewolf story from that guy, Tom? That's and then right. we walked down the path and there was a set of man's clothes right uh, by the woods. Like, that's right. That's right. Uh, now, now we, we, we've been passing up Audrey, but Audrey was at that same investigation as well. I met you both at the same time on the same day, same exact investigation so so let me ask you audrey first of all how are you doing tonight <laughs> i'm kind of a little quiet because i'm in pain because i fell before we came over 20 here. minutes oh. before this interview. oh my goodness well we have to at least say hello and hear her side of the story how did this all get started for you uh like trish i had experiences when i was younger uh i wouldn't necessarily say that i've ever seen them and I've only heard a couple disembodied voices, but I can tell that I've been influenced by them. And we actually have evidence of that from different investigations we've gone and done. Um, so I've had a couple different experiences throughout my life. And when I joined a team, I started having more experiences, but I actually joined while I was in the army. So I only got to investigate while I was home on leave, but I was like in the army during the time that all the shows were really coming about because I joined in the fall of 2006. So like Ghost Whisperer, the show had just come out the year before. So I think only one season had been done before I actually left for the army. So I missed out on all the shows and all that hype and didn't even know about it really until I got out of the army and came back and everybody's talking about them from the group that I was on. When you say they influenced you, do you, do you think that they're, and this is for both of you ladies, um, are, do you think there's partial guardian angel-ish uh, factors involved in this? Uh, family members that may have passed on and that are, are trying to push you in the right direction but are maybe not allowed to totally interfere? Sometimes it's that way, Brian, but like in some of the investigations, like Audrey's saying that we have evidence of this. We were at one investigation in particular at a private residence. This woman was having major problems. I mean, we caught a lot of evidence at that place, too. I mean, a lot of evidence. And uh, we actually have the same individual influencing a male investigator. It was the same voice. And then later when Audrey was in the same room, he was doing it to her, too. And he was actually a resident spirit from that property. Right. So sometimes ghosts that have no idea who you are will mess with you. They will tell you things <laughs> in your ear. <laughs> you may be sitting there someday and just turn and look. You're like, why did I do that? And it literally could be that there was somebody in your ear telling you to look to the left. Oh, I know. I... That's what Audrey did. She was sitting on a bed. <laughs> And she had dowsing rods because she was trying it out and everything in there. And she's sitting there and she was alone. We were all downstairs watching on the, the monitors. And I, I kind of, you know, walkie talking up to her and said, you know, why don't you act around, you know, like be active and stuff. And she was like talking while she was doing it. And you hear the guy literally say in her ear, because you caught it on camera, look to your left. But he whispered it real light, look to your left. And she turned her head right when he said it. Right. Like she turned her head right when the guy said it. The other investigator, he was walking and the guy was behind him and he said, turn around. And right when he said that, Mike turned around. Yeah, it, so it's like there's a lot of times they're playing puppet master. I mean, I have quite a few instances. It's just not one case. There's several cases I've got this. Yeah, we, 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 we have experiences with that too, and it's kind of freaky um, because it, it usually uh, goes along with, did you say something? Did you hear that? Uh -huh. and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, you, and, you know, we don't, we don't have a lot of real-time real monitoring. We, we go out uh, uh, solo, um, you know, as a group, but we pair off. And then we'll, I do most of the reviewing. 
and you'll hear it just before they say something, and you're like, oh, oh okay, and you'll remember it. Yeah. You remember when you turned left, or you, you know, you said to somebody, "Did you hear something like a growl?" Nope. Yeah, it, and then you hear a growl. <laughs> isn't it kind of cool though that the whole idea of this allegory of an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other <laughs> shoulder, kind of whispering in your ear? You know, it seems like this might be where this stuff came from. Could be. I mean, we've we've been influenced by, and, and and Brian's right. A lot of them could be spirit guides or angels, as you call them, or family members or whatever. But sometimes they're not. Mm. Now, sometimes what about the, really not. what about the, the the demonic? Have you had any encounters what you would consider demonic? Unfortunately, yes. Well, let, let's I, let's hear a little bit about this one. Yes, please well, go I into that. Worked, <laughs> I worked with a guy who's now passed on. In fact, he passed on doing these kind of cases. Like he was in the middle of one of these cases and had a sudden heart attack, um, which I always found suspicious, like the way he died. But uh, anyways, I worked with a gentleman. He was an exorcist. He actually was one of the guys that worked with the diocese. And he taught parapsychology at a local university for years. And he was a world-renowned psychic that worked with police stations all over the country. And that's who I taught under for a while in demonology. And... Um, Sometimes even just getting into it by learning about it kind of draws it to you. You know what I mean? Yes, it does. And then I moved into a residence, and the residence I moved into was, like, wicked old. I mean, this this thing was from, like, the early 1800s, pre-Victorian. And uh, it was an old farmhouse. And when John came over, he explained why there were so many problems on the property. It had to do with a well and a body down in it. But here was the worst part is right next door to me was a crematorium. Oh, Literally a crematorium, and every day I would watch hearses taking dead bodies in and burning them. <laughs> and uh, so it was kind of a hot spot area, that one was. And, and that's when I was working with John, too, at the same time. So that place kind of had its own, like, I don't know, it was like a train station. I have so much evidence from that property. All of it will be in the film, by the way. All this evidence will all be released, all of it. Because um, it's very interesting. It's intriguing. I've got very different variety of evidence over a span of 20 years because I use different cameras, you know, so all the evidence looks a little different. Right. Um, but yeah, I had run-ins with it. And in fact, in my home, um, my son, who's my children, I have three sons and all of them are highly sensitive to. And my middle son actually saw this creature. I hate to say it, it was a creature. It definitely was. And he explained it to me. And a year and a half later, I saw the same thing in the house. And it was it was terrifying. And I would say that I would classify that demonic because it didn't have any clothes on it. It was flesh tone. It had no genitalia, no hair on its body. It was very peculiar looking. I could sit and draw the whole creature out. But uh, that um, I've been scratched. I've been pushed into walls. I've been pushed down a flight of steps. I mean, it can be dangerous. You know, you work not just demonic, but just even asshole humans. I mean, I hate to oh, put it to you that oh, way, but 100%. You know, even malevolent humans, you yes. know, they can be that way too. And if they get strong enough, they can hurt you. And and people don't realize that just because you're a ghost doesn't mean you're happy or Casper. Um, if, <laughs> if you were a nasty B SOB in, in real life, guess what? You same nasty SOB in death. Oh, and not only that, Brian, but you can die a nice person and end up a nasty SOB. Yes, he can. Because <laughs> if you don't, okay, so people people don't realize they're just like us without the carbon-based life form, right? So if that's the case, and we know how it is when we get stuck with something like an emotion or a feeling, and we don't want to deal with it, we have vices. We can go shopping, we can drink, we could watch binge watch Netflix or whatever. Right. You know, we have something we can do. But when you don't have a corporal body. <laughs> And you're stuck with all those thoughts and emotion, and you won't pass over, you won't go through the life for whatever reason. Um, 
then you're stuck with that. And that can start to make them, if they stick around too long, they, they can become nasty. They could die a really nice old lady or a nice kid and even become nasty. It's, and not only that, but they can be influenced by other spirits too. Because there's a whole universe on that side. Yes, and, and the longer you've been there, the more powerful you are. Um, well, not only that, but you use humans to get that powerful too because our energy outputs, we put output more torsion energy than any device. We do. And they feed off that. Oh, and yeah. that's why they mess with us because it's been proven that anger and fear, those torsion fields are even higher than love. One hundred percent. That's and, what they're being off of. Well, that's why they, everybody always tells you, oh, you know, when things aren't going right, just think positive. You know, even when you can't, um, you should, and you should try to do a positive thing, and that that kind of negates. Well, yeah, because you could take the energy away and stop it if it's like a nasty. Because that's one thing that, like we were talking about, the nasty stuff, the demonic stuff, or the malevolent stuff. Yep. If you deal with that, the reason why I kept having problems is because I was letting it scare me. <laughs> You have the right and ability to actually take your energy away and stop this because I don't have any issues anymore. I used to get hounded by ghosts constantly. I finally learned how to turn this off, you know, to like put the brakes on it because if you don't know how to put the brakes on it, it can become traumatic in your life and you don't want to be around a lot of ghosts. And people don't get that either. They go out ghost hunting every weekend or all the time. They're opening themselves up for a lot of medical and mental health issues. 100%. And one of the things that we ask and I ask as a as an investigator along is that what do you do to protect yourself? Because I know what we do and we do prayers beforehand. We, we sage everything, ourselves, our equipment. We actually have a, a psychic and we have people that may be going out with us vetted before going because if someone's there that can't handle it we don't want them there it's going to cause a problem that's smart brian that's smart no i mean this is how we've always operated and and at that point you got to go in with the power you got to and we do multiple prayers it's not just a catholic prayer or or judaism or buddhist i mean we cover everything whoever wants to bring a protection with them they bring it so what do you guys do when you go out i mean you know with these these demonic entities, um, that's above my pay grade. I say it all the time. Uh, we have people in place that, that can do that, like, you know, Father oh, Bob's group. I don't group. do those anymore. I don't, I don't go around <laughs> that. I don't take those cases. I immediately refer them to somebody else. Because oh, I, yeah. I get cases all the time. I get probably two to three people a, a week that will either call or email me about something going on. You know what I mean? So I, I actually deal directly with a lot of people. But the minute they tell me they think it's demonic, I immediately pass it off to somebody else. Because I have a medical health problem, and I can't be – I can't be dealing with low energy vibrations right. when I'm dealing with a medical health problem. I, I try to find – every time I hear someone say, oh, it's demonic because they don't know better because, you know, the crazy stuff's happening, plates are flying off, whatever. And and usually you'll know yeah. when it's demonic. People could say it's demonic because they don't know anything and they want it to make it bigger than it is. But usually it's a pissed off spirit that's one of those bastards that went into the you know afterlife pissed or off. Or it's a human. Yeah, or, or a human. But in general, um, when there are things that are demonic – I tell everybody the same thing. You're going to know. They don't play a game. It's not there to, you know. The only and actually, they- in most of those cases, they don't even think it's demonic. The people that actually have a demonic situation never think it's demonic. Right. <laughs> the ones that think it's a demonic situation, it's usually a neighbor's cat. Yes, but I, I also find that, like, you know, one of the things that, that is a no-go for me on an investigation, if I get there, because I have certain sense, you know, I'm sensitive to certain things as well, and if I get there and I'm like, nope, I'm not going in, even if we plan this for a month or two months, I'm not going in, I will not go. Um, another thing is, I have a problem with this the, the, the little girl spirits. There's a little girl there I see in my room all the time. Those are never little girls. Um, and that's when you get into that darker spirit. Most of these things. No, sometimes they're little girls. Sometimes Sometimes they actually are little girls. Sometimes you'll hear things that are playing, but it's usually 
you'll know within a few minutes what you're dealing with, and at that point, you you need to you know get out if it's if it gets to the darker side, because most of these spirits that want to do you harm in general, they're going to come in as something innocent, and then the next thing you know, the shit's hitting the fan. Pardon the expression, but it is. Well, what you seek is seeking you. So if you're not seeking that stuff out, it's not going to find you. You see what I mean? It's a yep. vibrational thing. Everything rides on different frequencies. So if something is negative and dark, it's lit, riding on a way lower frequency than you are if you're not seeking that, if you have a high vibration. Does it make sense? No, it makes total sense. It, it's just something that me and my, my, my partner, Al, that you know started the, the Bronxville Paranormal Society, when we go into an investigation, these things scatter from us. They do not want to meet us. And I try to explain it to Al and everybody else. It's kind of like when you have a dog and a dog, your dog, and it doesn't listen. The minute you bring in a trainer, the dog senses immediately, oh, crap, this is a trainer. I'm not going to get away with any of this. They know there's a certain smell or scent you have, or in this case, a vibration. And when you get into a situation where you're, I don't know what you're carrying with you, but we have this all the time. These things scatter. They hide for us. They do not want to know from us, which is pretty well, interesting. You're good. That means you're taking care of yourself. Audrey, why don't you tell them what we do when we have to? Yeah. <laughs> so there's three things that we, we don't really do at all. One, we don't hunt ghosts <laughs> two we are not paranormal whores <laughs> right out there like that <laughs> oh yeah i've seen so many groups so many people so many locations even just boom every single weekend maybe even every oh, night i know and those an those poor spirits are just frustrated that's when they get mad yes and what's the third one, Audrey? And the third one is we check our intent at the door and we're careful about public investigations because you can never guarantee what vibrational frequency other people you're with are at. 100% agree with you. That could that could make or break an investigation and your body or bones. You know, you have the right people well, there. Two years ago, too, and with this other producer, um, Doreen, that's here, and we actually walked out of one. We literally walked out of one because the energy in the room from the rest of the people in this group, they were like, oh, I want to see something evil, you know, and, I, and immediately, it immediately, we're in Salem, Massachusetts, for goodness sake. You do not want to be talking that way in Salem, right? A lot of residual there, oh, and yeah. we had a negative experience right off the bat within what, five minutes of being in the room, and we literally, in front of John Zappas and everyone, just bolted out of the room. We just bolted. <laughs> that's that's, that's yeah. the right thing to do, though, you know? Where have you been the most afraid at, involving an investigation or, you know, getting feelings of some particular place? What is the creepiest place you've ever investigated? There's this warehouse where we live in our hometown. And <laughs> yeah, it's, you're, in Erie, you're in Erie, Pennsylvania. I'm Erie, in Pennsylvania, and um, it was called the – what was it originally called? It was the Watts, the Watson Company Paper Factory, and it's really old. Like, it's as old as this town is, okay? And it was a big paper factory. It had this big, huge smokestack and everything. And then, then when it went out, over the years, it's been different businesses. But they've never had good luck in that building. It's always catching on fire. People have died in it, you know, that were working in the factory and stuff. Well, my studio, because I'm a photographer, too, was really close to it. And I like to do urban photography, so... One of the other photographers took me over to the building, and she said, well, I know you're filming for a paranormal series. You should check out this building. Well, uh, that was the scariest thing I've ever been in in my entire life. I have EVPs from that building that will, will terrify people. <laughs> there was a guy, one of my investigators, Mike, and I went back one day. Just him and I walked through the building with cameras just during the day, right? He goes down this one staircase, 
and we're we're standing up above and you he could hear it out loud we could kind of hear a voice but we were upstairs so we didn't hear what it said but on the tape you can hear it clearly say i will kill you and i mean it was and i'm not even saying it like it did wow. it was terrifying and i mean and at one point, it was trying to get us to split up. It was using that influence again, you know, the spiritual yep. influence. And it talked Mike and then Mike and Tom walking away and me and Kathy going another way. They're like, why don't me and Mike go? Or, you know, Mike was like, why don't me and Tom go this way and you and Kathy go that way? And as soon as Kathy and I went that way, we were cornered. And it's all on tape. You can hear them. You can hear like four different people talking like they were hurt us. And I literally went, guys, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. I've been in that place three times. I've caught full-scale apparitions in there. And we called it, affectionately, the warehouse of whispers. Because even if you don't typically hear ghost voices, everyone I've taken in that building can hear all the people whispering. That's all you hear is all these people whispering. That, that's a great part of, of, of this whole type of field is the whispers you get. Like you, oh, yeah. Well, this where place, you hear your names being called. Like, Did you just call me? You know? It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, that- yeah. I think if a lot of people really closely listen to their audio more, they would catch a lot more. Well, it's, it's <laughs> funny. That- Go ahead. I'm sorry, Ron. It's funny. A lot of times when, when I've actually done interviews with our group on the different shows and, and sometimes here, um, I'm not necessarily listening for them because I'm trying to edit out properly and, and make it sound good. And you know, But um, you'll get EVPs on these, on these interviews as well. And I'm, I'm wondering because uh, I'm hearing a little, little different type of um, – audio anomalies, I think we're going to have some BVVs actually on this broadcast. Oh, you so have to share them. I want oh, to hear. I, you will get them 100%, but I'm almost you mean, positive. You mean on this broadcast we're doing right now? Right now. Every broadcast, yeah, I, I, I'd like you to know a little secret. Every yeah. broad, every interview I've ever done, whether I'm being interviewed or we've, or a group, is, we're interviewing somebody else, has always had an EVP or yeah. an anomaly, and we'll, well, we'll leave it at that. I'll tell you what, I, I have yet to hear anything on this. Uh, you and I have been doing this show now for about eight months now, right. and I, I've yet to hear an EVP. And it's odd that you said that because I have heard through my uh, through my headset twice um, a growl, twice a growl. Yep. Uh, and both times they were it was when we were talking about demons. So to all of our listeners out there and to you guys, you know, I, I recommend that you download this show and listen. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it is, I've never heard it before. I wasn't going to say anything because I thought, you know, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, hearing a car go by or something like that. But twice on this show, my friends, I've heard what could only be described as a very low, guttural growl. That happens all the time. And I'll tell you what, when I find them, I'm going to post it, but I'm going to send them to you as well. I'll send oh, them awesome. right over to you. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and, uh, so, so this is just kind of the, a few of the uh, uh, things that's going to happen in A Paranormal Life, the movie. So let's get this thing funded there, folks. Um, yes. What do we need to do? Where do we need to go to throw our money at this movie to make sure uh, that it gets done and help you guys out a little bit? Where well, do we go? Roderick's looking for the name of the link. My brain's fried. She has to look up the name of the link to get it right. Did you see the trailer, the teaser for it? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. And, and I will. I will Did you see that. the evidence when I say for some of us it's real? Did you see those clips? I, I, I I've <laughs> seen it all. And, and I think all of those are actual clips that I've. That those are all my evidence. Those That's are right. parts of my evidence. Well, we're going to be putting this also on our, our Inside the Goblin Universe. Uh, yeah. A group on Facebook, uh, so Excellent. you'll be able to watch it too when you know and get right to the funding area. Okay, it's gogetfunding.com, a paranormal life, the film, backslash a paranormal life, the film, yeah. 
Perfect, perfect. And we'll have that link as well on our uh, on our uh, website and everything. Um, but what sells the movie is not Brian and I doing this interview with you two, but it's actually uh, the clip, which is quite well done. Uh, um, it, it's mass- masterfully produced, uh, and it really does lead, uh, leave the viewer wanting more. I, I definitely want to see it in its entirety right now. And I and I think this is going to give the paranormal world the credibility and the integrity that it so needs right now. Because look at all the shows that are out there. I mean, a lot of it is very um, overproduced and um, stylized. This is going to be something that's really going to get uh, paranormal investigation back on track. Um, I'm flattered that I actually got to see you film some of this. Uh, and uh, as I said, without you, Patricia, I would not be here where I'm at today. And, and same goes with Audrey, you know, um, I uh, t- about two years ago uh, we were at a paranormal conference together, and I offhandedly told Audrey, I said, I'm thinking about writing a book on vampires. And th- this was just in its formative stages. Had a few outlines that went along, you know, like uh, Vlad the Impaler and things. And she said to me, she said, oh, do you know about this vampire that is supposed to reside in Erie, Pennsylvania? Said, Absolutely not. It was Audrey that actually steered me in the right direction to get my book on vampires written. So both of you ladies, I, I, owe, I, I owe a debt of gratitude to. Well, we're bowing right now to you, sir. We're bowing. <laughs> uh, Ron has become, yes. uh, honestly, uh, the encyclopedia, the go-to as far as uh, cryptids are concerned and a lot of this information. When we, when I met Ron a, a while ago over a roundtable, we were all being interviewed on a roundtable on uh, – this network actually, um, I said to to my buddy Al, I'm like, we got to get him on because we had a different show. We got to get him on our show. I mean, he's he's just a, a wealth of information. He's a great guy, and we got to you know have him as the go to guy if we come a- across some kind of cryptid or some kind of uh, issue where we definitely would need more information. So. Don't sell yourself short. Yeah, Ron, Ron and I researched some stuff, too. We researched the Jack the Ripper case, and we researched the uh, the the stuff that happened in Tintown and stuff. Remember? Uh, I do, and I would like to revisit the Jack the Ripper case. Let's, let's do it this I know. Way. After everything is done with this movie, and, and I'm I, sure that you'll get the uh, red carpet treatment, but I think that this would be a very cool thing to start investigating because nobody else is going in this direction. Or actually, so you know, yeah, this is a different direction because right now they're trying to say, the H.H. Holmes thing. Yes. Right? Absolutely. That's right. That's absolutely the case. But, but Patricia and I, through a, a, a lot of research, and I'm talking about research at local library level research that we can make a pretty definitive case of somebody else. So we'll keep that on the back burner because that's <laughs> not going to be out yet. But we, a, a paranormal life will be out before this is. So uh, uh, you have a lot of big names in this too. Who are some of the people? Well, that we have a lot of good this? regular people that no one knows about too. You know, I mean, it was kind of, it, I kind of wanted to do a little bit of both. You know, I picked the people in the field that I I feel embody it better like the pair of celebrities. And that would be Brian Cano, Rob Demers from, from Ghost Hunters International. I absolutely love his work. Love, love, loved him on that show. And I, I follow him on Facebook. I, I see how he is. He's he's good for this field. He really is. Um, Nick Redfern. I mean, come on, Nick Redfern. Nick Redfern, right? Ancient yeah. Aliens, like the guy that wrote like, you know, like what, how many books, Audrey? Over 40. Over 40 yeah. books. <laughs> and you know, he's, and he's, he's very knowledgeable. And- He's like an encyclopedia for everything, too. You know what I mean? He follows everything as well. And honestly, out of all the cryptid people in the para community, as far as, you know, entertainment-wise or have been on shows and authors, I am a Lyle Blackburn girl. I really like him. I... 
I, I've seen a lot of his work and I like Lyle. I think he represents the field very well as well. I'm also going to have a lot of other people that are completely different too, though, you know? In fact, the very first person I interviewed for the film happened to be a woman who was like, how old was Isabella? Like 89 or 90? And she was a psychic. And that was the first person I interviewed. And she's actually passed on since I started filming the film. But uh, she was amazing to talk to, you know, because even at her age, she's still getting a stigma from people for being a psychic, you know? Um, in the home she lived in, a nurse wouldn't even work with her. A nurse wouldn't work for her because she had crystals in her room and she thought she was a witch. Right. And, and actually, actually, the, uh, for, for the folks right now, if you want to look at uh, the, the, the tape right now, uh, at this point, I just heard another uh, uh, growl on the uh, through my uh, headset right now. So this is a good part right now. People are listening into the show uh, to hear if they can pick this up as well, too. Well, so we're, we're at the 30 minute mark right now. So, um, well, we'll take a listen for that there. Mm-hmm. I'll make a note right now on this. Yeah. A lot of strange yeah, things right happen today. Is- yeah. it, it, it's almost as if we are doing uh, an interview with uh, two people and one other on the other side or within <laughs> this world or what have you that is wanting to make itself known as well. Well, they're more than welcome to chime in at any point. Yeah, they can chime in at any, any point I, now. I mean, and I mentioned this earlier, on, we, we suffered a loss in our family uh, last Saturday, and uh, last Thursday, um, I heard her voice. So if you're here too, uh, chime in. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. you know, that- uh, there's, yeah, there's no two better guests to have this happen than Audrey and Patricia, so... So Audrey, you look so she looks so frazzled right now. If you could just see my poor producer, she's so frazzled. <laughs> so, so d- d- does anybody that you've interviewed that have passed over or you've worked with that has passed over ever come back to you on any of these cases later on? That you, you get well, a sign what, that they're you mean, there. Like, that I've interviewed for the film besides that first lady. Well, you know the the eighty year old psychic that you yeah the first lady. But anybody for the film uh, that I may haven't have had any interactions with her. I haven't seen Isabella since she's died now. Because sometimes, I mean, it seems like that you know, yep. When you have a connection in this field, and it's and it it you know you, it's a good connection. There's some there's a camaraderie like a family like uh, atmosphere uh, with some people, um, and and it's great. And you know, it's a give and take thing. And you and you learn from there. You know what they put out, and they, they learn from what you put out. Um, and it, it sidesteps all the BS that we see in, in a lot of these different types of communities in the paranormal field, from UFOs to aliens to uh, uh, cryptids, whatever. Um, some people are jockeying way too much for, for position instead of working well, together. Well, that, Brian, but I think another problem with these paranormal, in the paranormal field right now is a lot of people, you know, they say they're researchers or investigators, but boy, they have a hell of a hard time falling down that rabbit hole, if you know what I mean. 100%, because a lot of these people, and I'm going to say it, I'm not mentioning names, they'll, they're, they're top-tier people that you're going to get at these conferences and, and appearances, but they're not researchers. No, they're no. authors. No, of, they're, we see they're this all the time. They're, they're, they're entertainers. either entertainers or they're authors of books, and there's and, a and big difference. A lot difference. of times, what they're doing is just they're just parroting right. back all these, all the ways they do this stuff on shows, and and like the whole you know like the whole orb debate. You know, they're not orb, they're not spirits, and this and that. It's just dust, and everyone freaking out about it. Why don't they just even consider what if it is? What because people die, they have to say the same physical size on the other life? No, they don't. A lot of things travel in orbs. Right. And then I interviewed. I actually interviewed a great. I did a great um, last October, right before I, you know, Ron. As Ron knows, I I became horribly ill, and I've been down for six months. That's why the film's kind of behind right now. 
But uh, right before that, we went on an extended trip. We went to uh, Maryland, and I interviewed uh, Reverend Neil Farley, who is just amazing. I spent five and a half hours with this man because he's just a treasure trove of information. But he actually passes spirits on, and his evidence is just stunning. It, it really is. It's going to blow people away because I'm putting other people's evidence in the film, not just my own. I, I really want people to really take this in. But he has one of the greatest debates about orbs and dust that I've ever heard in my entire life. It would just shut people down. And it does. I, but know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're crazy or that's not true. How do they know? They don't. How do they know? How much of it do they see? Because me and Neil, we actually see this stuff with our eyes. Well, we don't have to use a video camera. We see it all the time. And that's the thing. So, uh, we have investigators. One of our investigators, that actually the guy started it, he went over to, to uh, someone's house and he was just standing there and an orb literally the size of a golf ball, he said, came through the wall and he followed this thing down. It was an orb, but it's not dust particles. You know, there's a certain weight and mass. There's a certain uh, interior exactly. illumination to these things. And sometimes you actually, in, in photos, you will get, um, and I noticed this at weddings or some type of celebrations. I've seen orbs in photos, and you can see faces within the orbs. It's it's really weird. It's almost as if Wait there's – Wait until you see this gentleman's footage then. You're going to – it's <laughs> just amazing because the extent that he goes through to be able to capture it, for anyone to call him a fraud, just – that's one of the people when they call him a fraud, it irritates me. It really does because yes. – I vetted this guy myself. I, I spent time in his home. I've watched this stuff. I not only am I a videographer and a photographer, and you know I, I do audio editing. I do everything. I'm the one that did the editing in the trailer and the teaser. I did all the editing. Um, I know my stuff, and I'm telling you now, his stuff is real. But he right now, recently, has been getting just harassed by people telling him to peddle his fake pictures somewhere else. And and all he's trying to do is educate people and open their eyes. He never asked for a dime for interviewing him. He's never – he's offered me all this stuff freely. People can call this man at the drop of a hat. He will he will do blessings on phones even if he has to. I mean he's very good. He he is a worker for the light. He really is. Yep. And But like I said, wait till you hear his argument in my film about – dust and orbs and how it makes sense and it just shuts people down but like i said too many people are not willing to go down that rabbit hole and they're not willing to accept concepts that they really can't call themselves a uh, researcher if they're not willing to because aristotle said the mark of an educated mind is to be able to entertain a, uh, an idea without accepting it <laughs> yes and it We've encountered this a lot, haven't we, Audrey? Or Audrey and uh, Patricia both. Uh, we, we've been out on investigations before, seeing things that simply were inexplicable, uh, but our fellow researchers that we were with just didn't understand what we were seeing, and they could not comprehend some of the uh, theories that we had because it didn't fit into their mindset. Oh, yeah. I mean, even it, going back to Livermore, that's a place where there's reported werewolves Bigfoot, ghosts, ghost lights, you know, so there's all this activity and we would see the woods are so dark and, and the fireflies were beautiful. They were all over the place, but then there were floating balls of light. Yeah, that that's right. <laughs> there were yeah. No yeah. way that these With were whispers. fireflies. We heard yeah. the people talking. Yeah, that's right. And I, I don't know if this is included in the film or not, but I, I and I don't know if film could actually do it justice because we're talking about a floating balls of light and interactive, intelligent balls of light. We're Ron, talking if you about. Remember, we actually chased it down the path. Well, you got up and chased it right, down the path. Right, right. What was so utterly interesting is that it responded to us because not only <laughs> were we able to chase it. But it would illuminate 
the area in front of us as if it was wanting us to follow it, yes, which was yes. remarkable. Well, that, that would be um, a wisp fairy, right? Uh, the old well, Irish wisp. Yeah, yeah, yeah it kind of reminded me of that, yep. Brian. Yeah, uh, they're leading you down we the were, path to nowhere, by the way. But well, <laughs> we, were, we were in a swampy area. We were in a swampy area. But the thing is, I, I think that there was something different going on here because I did not feel any uh, malignancy about this thing. There was no animosity. I, I no, think I didn't feel it anywhere I, in there. Oh, and, and we could also add that this was on a solstice. This was the summer solstice. Oh, it was. It was. It was. Yeah, that's right. right. Yes, because we planned this particularly because, you know, this is whenever fairies are supposed to uh, uh, come out and play. Um, whatever happened that particular night, I feel that I was actually let in a glimpse. They, they kind, of, kind of cracked the door a little bit and allowed me to look into the room. That's, that's how I feel about this. I feel very honored that I was allowed to look into that other realm for a bit. But there's no other way I can describe it. I mean, I'm a logical person. I'm a skeptical person. But how else do you dis- – you- can you explain something that looked like an LED light that intense? We're talking about. We're not talking about something that was, was you know. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was like beautiful. an LED it was very light. Beautiful too. It was a beautiful light. It was. It was. So you know, these are these these moments in in life that are simply unexplicable. The only way you can define it is through the lens of the paranormal, and that's why this movie is so necessary, yes. because a lot of people are, are, are looking at these things, and they can't explain it, and so let's put throw out the word crazy and all this other stuff and, and show through in the movie such as this that a lot of people are experiencing this thing, and that's why this thing needs to get funded, and that's why this needs to be out there as soon as possible. And, and what I love about yeah, okay, what I love ahead. about your, your, your this film, when you see this teaser, you'll you'll agree one hundred percent. If you're not if you're not thoroughly believing in the paranormal, this may may convince you. There's there's real people here. That there's no agenda other than to find information about what the heck is going on here, and then present it. So, you know, I love when when you experience that 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 blue light, the LED in the forest. I love when someone who is has researched this but hasn't experienced it gets to experience it. Case in point, um, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, when she experienced this large craft about the size of giant stadium flying over a car, I smiled while I was driving because I'm like, see, I told you so. You know, it's enlightenment. And when you're enlightened, and this film is going to enlighten you, a paranormal life, the film is going to enlighten you, it'll change your life forever. And in a good way. That's right. That's right. Uh, but, and, I, and I'm excited. Uh, you know, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, I'm actually in the trailer, which I, you know, I, I, I kind of like are, that. I, I, <laughs> I yes, kind of like are. that a lot. But uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I'm excited to see this thing come to fruition. What is your time frame for the release? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> going that the funding goes well, I should have it done at the very, very latest. It would be January. Oh, right. Uh, I'm hoping to have it in December. I am hoping for December. But like I said, it just depends on funding, too, (laughs) to all the people listening. It all depends on funding because that'll hold me up a little bit with editing charges and stuff. Um, But anyways, like I said, we got we have a month's left of filming. Uh, We have this big trip that we're starting tomorrow. And then we have one to Chicago area and one to the Buffalo, New York area. I've got a couple things to wrap up here in town. And at the end of September, another thing is I'm going to be interviewing this wonderful young woman, and I really hope people do watch this movie because I met a girl. Because Ron, I told you before that I've I've actually been dead legally twice. Yes, oh yeah. 
because I have anytime anyone else goes through that and if their friend knows they send them to me, you know, because they all have the same problem that I had to. They hate it that they're still alive. 100%. When you have that kind of experience, when you have a near death and you come back and it was a positive near death, life depresses you for a long time after that because it's hard here and it's hot and it's bright and people are mean and and what you felt over there was so wonderful that you know that you feel kind of depressed so this girl got brought into my life she's just a wonderful young girl but she died oh my gosh i mean she died died and what her parent what her experience was after that was amazing and i i i just can't wait to share her story i really can't wait to share this girl's story because it's very touching but it really changed her life. It was life changing. But the girl was dead and she saw her dead brother. Wow. Her dead brother sat and spoke to her. She looked in the car, saw her body. I mean, it, it's profound. So I even interviewed a girl like that. You know what I mean? I, I want people to understand that a paranormal life is not just investigators. It's not just this. It's sometimes people who just have experiences like that because after this, now she experiences stuff, you know? And it's life changing. It's you know, there's a lot of people that were bad people. Um, someone, a celebrity that's famous for being a little bit rough and under the collar is uh, the rapper DMX, and he literally had a, a, a he died right over yes. in the Yonkers, New York, literally right around the corner from my wife's office. I know the place well, um, and he saw his body, and he it changed his life. He really saw, you know, like what he was doing and how the, the road he was going down and it wasn't good. And he really did make it a, a total 360 for the most part. He's really, you know, trying to get back on the right track. And that's awesome. That's yeah. You know? yeah, it's important for people to hear these stories so they can, you know, it's more than just a television show. This isn't a television show, you know, all all that stuff scripted, whether it's the Ghost Whispers, which was an actual drama, you know, I mean, which is actually based on a real woman, Melinda Gordon, who has amazing cases on her own to her, her. She's a really good psychic but uh but you know a lot of people there's a lot of misconceptions about this field and honestly i'm i'm kind of glad it'll be out so i don't have to answer it anymore i think i just point to the film watch it yeah. there you go buy the film right there yeah, one of the things that hey, fascinates me. here you go what <laughs> one of the things that fascinates me about the paranormal is that it really points out our shared humanity whenever you know everybody's at each other's throats nowadays and people are squabbling over you know turfs and everything else and religious ideas whatever we talk about the idea of the paranormal that kind of links us and shows us that we are are part of the you know the oneness of the universe that we're all interconnected and i think that that could really bring a lot of people together uh and and that's one of the, another reason why i cannot wait for this movie to come out because i think that it shows the commonality which the human race shares well not only that but it's also going to show you know because so many people you know why do you guys do this why do you put some money in it you know you know how they go you know oh, the muggles yeah. or the regular people who don't get it you know, but they don't understand. It's much more than that. Think of it, Ron. You just said you wouldn't be doing what you're doing now if you wouldn't have met us. We meet some people. We make amazing bonds with people that have the similar interests. I hear all sorts of guys that go out squatching. You know what they're doing? They're communing in nature. They're getting exercise. Yep. They're staying off. You know, they're unplugging from devices and they're going and plugging into something greater. That's right. That's and, right. And all the people can pick on all of us all they want that aren't into this or who think that we're all crazy or whatever. But honestly, we all have a – that's why I get mad when the paranormal community starts to fight over dumb stuff like evidence and ideas. <laughs> and, because it's like, guys, come on. You know, we have it hard enough. Why don't we just find the commonality? And, like, if somebody puts up evidence, if you don't think it's real, you don't have to insult somebody. That's a choice. That's right. You know? And a lot of times it's because they're they're jealous too. I mean I got – 
when we left that thing in Salem, the next day, I overheard people talking about me and my other producer, Doreen, in the lobby calling us frauds because they didn't see what we saw. Because they don't understand how this works. You know, they go to these paranormal conventions, they go on these ghost hunts, and they think if, well, if one person in a room sees it, everyone does. Because unfortunately, you know, some of the celebrities that are going on these ghost hunts with them, they're not trying to explain this to them. They're just going through the rigmarole. This is a job to them. They get paid every weekend to do this. There are some celebrities that don't. They're actually trying to educate people. Brian Cano is one of them. I actually yes. adore him. I went and saw him. At, I went to a private investigation. I mean, I went to a public hunt. I don't like going to those, but I went to go to see how he was. He was amazing with these people. He explained everything to them so well. And But there's not all of them are doing that, you know? Some of them are just going out and having fun with them, and they're not explaining crap, and these people are still walking away clueless. Well, that that's the problem we have in this field is a lot of armchair experts. And, oh, and because it. they watch Ghost Hunters or, or you know, uh, or other programs, one of the problems I hear about Ghost Hunters as, as the program was that, oh, they never catch anything. And I always said that they never catch anything. Now, doing investigations, that is probably the best show on the planet because you don't always catch something. I do. Well, it depends on the person. Well, let, let, let me paraphrase well, it. Well, well, if you're we're really not connected. Because we're not hunting for anything. Yeah, we're not hunting. We, right. just, it, we just happen to capture things while we're rolling cameras and talking and walking around, you know? And that's but honestly, happen. some people like me actually do get stuff every time they go out. Oh, that's because you're because you're sensitive. You're going to pick up on things. Then most it's people not only want. that, Brian. I have to think it has to do a lot with intent. Think about what their intent was. They come in with these video crews. It's about a television show. They're not there to help those ghosts. Right. They're there to make a show. Those ghosts know that. They know that. Trust me, when I went to Prospect Place Mansion, it's in Trimway, Ohio. If you haven't researched this, definitely research it. It's a beautiful location. It's very historical, a part of the Underground Railroad. Um, it's Like I said, Ron, you would get into it. It's a very historic property. But um, when I visited there, I think it was two years ago, we went in October. And it was just me and my cameraman, Tom. And we went there, and I rented the place just for the two of us for the night because I've, I've always wanted to go there. Right. And when we when I went to book it, there was only one night left. That tells me, and I mean all week, even during the weeks. So the entire month of October, that place was booked and had these ghost groups in there every single night. Now imagine being in your afterlife. <laughs> And you have all these people coming in all night, every night. So when I got there, because I can see and hear them, I was coming out of one of the rooms. And one of the ones, I do believe he was uh, William uh, William Cox was his name because I saw his painting on the wall. And he walked out and he looked at me and he literally sighed and went, not again. That's exact. I felt so <laughs> horrible that I looked at him. I said, listen, I'm not going to bug you. I'm staying here the night. If you want to talk to me, talk to me. If you don't, don't. Yeah, like I'm at 237. Just go use the room. Go ahead. They, <laughs> they get annoyed by it, you know, and then they got people in there asking them to perform like monkeys. You know, I, I don't want to put down ghost hunters. I actually don't, even though I really don't like the show and I don't like how they do things. I don't want to put them down because if it wasn't for them coming out with that show, we could all still be in the closet with this. Yeah. You know what I mean? At but, least it's being talked about. It's being taken more seriously now. People are actually getting into it who never were before and accepting things. So they really did break boundaries. You know, they did in this country at least. 100%. But uh, I wouldn't want to talk to them. No offense. But they sit around and they whisper. And and they, <laughs> they, they, they ask dumb questions. I mean, come on. If you're dead, would you want to sit and listen to the way these people talk? No. So, did you die here? So, uh, <laughs> are you stuck here? Um, well, maybe they don't know they're dead. I don't know. Maybe they do. And they're whispering back and forth. 
it's it's just not how you obtain evidence. So I always watch that show and I watched it when it came out and I've always seen stuff. And I know that that's half the reason why they don't get evidence. And a lot of it has to do with their intent. Well, intent is always a, a, a that's going to make or break you. And we, we've discussed this the whole entire we've discussed this the whole entire show. The fact that when you have uh, people there that want to see some creepy demonic thing, that's a really bad intent. And they don't realize it. They think it's a joke. But demons don't joke. Um, no. Uh, you know, so you got to be careful. It's, it's it's an old phrase that um, uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley said to, to a lot of us. Uh, she's part of our UFO Roundtable group. Every once in a while, I interviewed her too. I met and interviewed her, Brian. She's fantastic. She's a great. I love that lady. woman to death. She's and, amazing, and she knows so much. But she she was had a book out about the the gin, and she said she used to, she autographed it to everybody. Be careful what you wish for, and yes, that's the intent. Absolutely, you know. So intent, intent is everything, and people do not really understand. And I and I do when I go to work with other groups when I go because I do sometimes sometimes I go in because of this movie I go and film like I did with Ron when I met Ron we went and filmed other groups we all sit and talk about it we sit and round table this all the time Ron if you remember that time I came down and it was raining we all went to your house and we just I, all I we just all sat and talked about all these subjects you know uh that's important that's that's the most important thing is people people discussing the subjects without freaking out out about it and acting right. like they know everything and that's the problem <laughs> you know? and that's what I loved about Ron and his group the, you know all the people I met him with him as you know the Brian Seach and all them is they're willing to go down the rabbit hole they really are they're willing so the people in my movie the ones I primarily put in the movie are the ones that are like that you know the ones that are really you know they live it they work it they do it and and they're very open to it they're very open it's amazing crew I, I loved everybody I've met and worked with I really have it's been an amazing experience well let's we're running out of time we're about five minutes left to the to the program oh, can, can I talk about the perks real quick can I talk yes. about the perks talk about talk about okay, the perks so and if, then promote this film and, and where they can actually donate to it. Okay, and you guys will have the link up, of course, on your um, And I already said it was uh, go get funding backslash or dot com backslash a paranormal life the film, um, and that's the, the link. But anyways, there are perks. There's some great perks on there, including the movie itself um, and the director's cut at a higher perk. Um, at the three hundred dollar level, actually, we have an amazing three DVD set. I mean, it's going to be huge. It's going to be actually maybe more than three DVDs. I don't know if I can even get it all in three DVDs, but it's going to be like the movie, the bloopers, which, by the way, are hysterical. <laughs> I got some amazing, funny crap. And some of the stuff Ron said, has, you're in there. That's right. You made the bloopers real funny. So if anyone wants to see some of the funny stuff that Ron and his friends say, get $300 donation. Anyways, um, and then I'm going to have what I, I've deemed it like, I don't know, I you know working title, I guess it's like. The evidence real, you know, case files. Right. And it's going to be just a lot of evidence and me talking about what it could mean, you know, and opening up people to the ideas. You know what I mean? Like really, like we were talking about with the influence, like the influence, like I'll have a section on that. And I'll have a section on the help me's. Oh, my God, I get five help me's every investigation, every investigation. If people only knew how many spirits run up and say help me. Yeah. They're, help me, help me, help me, because they're trying to get people to help them. Um, but anyway, so we'll have the evidence files and everything at the higher level. Not only are you a producer for the movie, but you actually get to go on an investigation with me. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Traveling and lodging not included, of course. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I'll take somebody on an investigation. I mean, a nice private investigation where I can really teach them. I love doing that. I love taking people in the field and giving them really solid basic knowledge, you know, just so they understand even the basics. 
this says this sounds fantastic. I mean, it's it's worth every penny. You get in there, you get onto an investigation, donate the money. Let's get this film out there sooner than later. Um, let's not get that late date of, of January, December. Let's get them, you know, all they need now so we can, you know, push this out and everybody can be enlightened and educated on, on the paranormal. How can, um, yes, how can our listeners, <laughs> how can our listeners actually uh, find you other than the film? Is there a way they can contact you if well, they have issues? Right now I'm okay. I, because I'm like, M. Night Shyamalan and I insist on doing everything. <laughs> I'm kind of a control freak. No, actually, I'm a really indie filmmaker. I have like four people that work for me <laughs> and they're all in this room right now. <laughs> actually, one, two, three, four. I'm, I'm the fourth, actually. There's three in me, okay? I, um, yeah, I, I'm only on Facebook right now. I don't have a website up yet. So I, I have to get that up and running, but I do have a Facebook page. Um, it is uh, facebook.com backslash paranormal life the movie and they can also look up Patricia Coleman yeah, Patricia Ann Coleman they can actually hit me up on Facebook and um, Audrey Hamilton and she actually has a couple pages herself Audrey go ahead because she's she's got some pages she's got one for her her paranormal work and then she's got her other one Audrey yeah I've got um, Audrey Hamilton 40 slash paranormal researcher. And I also run a page locally in Erie that is the Erie UFO Skywatch. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. And my book on vampires is dedicated to Audrey Hamilton. Oh, nice. Oh, wait. Yeah. There's one more thing. They can also get me at Digging in the Dark at, at um, Outlook.com. That's awesome. We're going to put all this on our Facebook page, on our Facebook group. It's also going to be in another group that we have there. It's called the UFO Roundtable. It's a group that I have, um, which is a lot of paranormal people in there as well, and they're going to be interested. Good. In Go it. like the page. Go like my Facebook page and yes. look at the trailer, please. Ron, we're at that magic moment. We're going to become uh, hosts. We, we have to, once again, leave the Goblin Universe for another week. But I'll tell you what, guys, it was a pleasure having you both yes, on. I enjoyed every minute of this, and we will talk right before the film comes out so we can just gloat about all the uh, <laughs> all the people that stepped up to the plate that really made this fun, you know, really yes, fun to make this happen. Everybody that donates, by the way, even no matter what amount, they get a shout-out on social media. I always talk about everyone who donates. I'm very grateful for everybody who contributes to my movie. But I'm also going to put a special thanks section in the film as well. Oh, this is awesome. I'll tell you what, Audrey, Patricia, it was a pleasure having you on Inside the Goblin Universe with us, but we have to depart until next yes, week. We do. All right, folks. Yeah, I'm signing off. This is Ronald Murphy. I'm Brian Bowden. It's next week, Inside the Goblin Universe. On Vampires, the latest book from Ronald Murphy. Join cryptozoologist and folklorist Ronald Murphy as he journeys through history in his quest to uncover the impetus for the archetype of the vampire. Begin at the lair of cannibals and travel throughout the dawn of history, exploring images and involving ideas of the vampire. Trace these concepts all the way to the information age. Keep a state globe spy. You're going to need it. On Vampires is now available at Amazon.com.